The book was better. Mm. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the Book Was Better podcast. My name is Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. And, and today we're talking about murder. <laughs> it's, I love talking about murder. <laughs> I know. This, is, this episode and the next one are going to be some of your faves. So yeah, so we, we said in the last episode that we weren't entirely positive which order we'd be going in because we were trying to figure out... Um, a good time to record with we ship it podcast and so we are going a little bit out of order than what we originally planned so we are going to be talking about murder on the orient express today and then we'll do death on the nile and then we'll be talking about so persuasion our persuasion episode with we ship it podcast will now come out like early december yeah yeah um <laughs> but uh oof it's um it's gonna be a fun one because i we're doing the new netflix movie so <laughs> i'm not excited she's so excited <laughs> i don't want to watch it i don't want to uh, okay um that's not what we're talking about today though so we're not gonna focus on that um but i do love true crime and i do love detective and mystery novels and mystery books and shows and podcasts i think have we done a podcast like wreck minisode i don't think so have we talked about like other maybe podcasts we like listen to? way back in the beginning maybe maybe we'll do that again but uh i yeah we no i i vaguely remember us talking about podcasts but we definitely should do it again because there's been again. a lot of new ones but yeah my my thing I, my my jam has always been true crime so um all about that murder on the orient express <laughs> agatha I christie actually, the queen of of detective mystery novels <laughs> yeah i think i normally don't i'm not into you know true crime anything like that no, no you're not i don't like any of that but i actually quite enjoyed this book yeah, no, I, I feel like Agatha Christie would be is definitely m more up the alley of even people who aren't normally into true crime or mystery. Because it's of not stuff. very and I'm talking about the book here. It's not graphic. <laughs> it's not very intense. It's very no. much focused on solving a mystery. And that happens to be about a murder. But it's kind of more of almost a puzzle mystery book. And yeah. so it really focuses on, you know, trying to solve this problem. And that I found very enjoyable, trying to listen for all the little clues and keep track of the characters and put all the pieces together. And that was really fun. Um, it's not scary. No, no, no. And it's not very graphic. Whereas I feel like and, and that, it's probably partially because she was writing these books in a different time, right? Like, yeah. I feel like today, a lot of readers almost, it's expected to have that extra, like, shock factor of the gore and the detail and it just being yeah, a little Yeah, and much. I don't, I don't um, like it. Not a fan of all yeah. that. Well, and a lot of people probably aren't. Um but yeah, Agatha Christie focuses a lot more on like the minute details, mm -hmm. setting up like that foreshadowing that, you know, once all the puzzle pieces are in place at the end, suddenly you see it and you're like, oh, my gosh, like that was so cool. Like she's very skillful and artful with her weaving of the story and all the different details and a lot of different characters. <laughs> but yeah. It's almost like a, a classier murder mystery. Like, I just feel like the whole thing, it was just, yeah, it's just like classier yeah. vibes. I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. But um, I guess before we dive in, we should just go over quick announcements. Try to think what announcements we have. Do we even have any? Um, I mean, I, I guess mean, just 
we won't be asked like if, if you wanted to if you want to submit any fan faux pas for anything they're all coming in the next week they're all coming in like the next week or you've already missed it basically just because when we're recording this episode um we're officially four i'm officially four weeks out from having this baby yeah. So we got it. In the next four weeks, done. we're essentially recording everything through the end of the year. Yeah. So we'll start recording again come January. You know, once I've had some time to recover, my baby's older, I'm in a bit more of a schedule. Um, otherwise, episodes will still continue to come we are planning ahead this time it's not like there's going to be a hiatus again of no episodes but um when it comes to being able to interact as much with the content uh that that you really only have like two weeks left <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, uh, to that, get being, us your stuff. that being said uh for Death on the Nile, which is the next episode that we'll be doing, um, the Fanfopop post is already up for that one. Um, so definitely we're recording that this Sunday. So if you have any you want to talk about for Death of the Nile, go ahead, jump on there. It should be up right now. Uh, Persuasion with We Ship It podcast based on the Netflix adaptation, like we mentioned. That post will be going up this weekend, so keep an eye out for that one if you want to talk about that. And then yep. the Christmas episode, which we will be covering the Polar Express this year versus the animated film. Uh, we'll post about that next week. That'll be posted next week. And I know that doesn't give you guys a lot of time to refresh on reading and watching, and we do apologize for that. Uh, definitely a goal we have for next year um, is to be ahead of schedule but also just to give you guys more of a heads up going into that um i'm already drafting some posts uh templates so that we can let you guys know what's coming sooner and we can be more on top of that while still pre-recording contents that should a crazy thing arise like when i move in april um we will still be able to release episodes on time that's definitely a big goal that we have for the podcast. And, and so by on time, we just mean on Wednesdays. Yeah. As yeah, the person yeah, yeah. who has to edit the episodes, I am not going to limit myself too strictly to a specific time on Wednesdays when the episode no. will be released. <laughs> that part will still be a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> but at least on Wednesday, which we have not always done. So um listen it's weekly mostly <laughs> so that's mostly a new episode and or mini soda every week okay <laughs> um so that's kind of everything on that front um we will have a mini sode out next week uh we'll be talking about it'll kind of be like a a pre-thanksgiving a gra- a gratitude mini yeah just talking about things we're grateful for and kind of the holiday season and all of that. What our plans are for Thanksgiving, if we have any. Um, so, yeah, you can check that out next week. Next Wednesday. I'm saying it. <laughs> next Wednesday. No, it'll be next Wednesday. It just might not be at 10 a.m. or 6 a.m., or 2 p.m. Who knows? The time. That's why you want notifications on. It'll be like a nice little surprise. There you go. <laughs> um, other than that, obviously check us out on social media at TBWD Podcast, uh, wherever you social. I don't know how you say that. I'm saying wherever you social. That's what we're going with. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> Let's say Alma can write her name. It's well, it's mirror for you. Sorry, my my notebook. I I can't write in majority of these pages because my children have scribbled in all of them. But because it kind of it kind of looks like an A. Can write her name now. (laughs) And then it kind of looked like an M with the I. Well, yeah, it's because it's inverted when I showed it to you. But that's um, very nice. Sorry, I'm just. (laughs) 
wondering why all of the pages of my notebook are like curled and I realized, oh, it's because my children have scribbled or written on most of the pages. <laughs> That's cool. Gotta love I'm it. have to get a new moleskin earlier than I planned, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Christmas gift. That. There you go. <laughs> yep. It'll be my my the stocking stuffer I put in my own stocking. <laughs> yep. Okay. Mm. Um Santa puts in my stocking. Oh yeah. <gasps> if I have children listening, would you listen? <laughs> Do you have any other announcements before we uh dive in? I don't think so. Okay, I will turn it over to you for your beautiful summary. Already, So we are covering Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. The book was originally published back in 1934. Um, and while there was a movie adaptation done in the 70s, we are covering the 2017 um, more recent uh, film adaptation that came out. Uh, where it was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Who we all love. Love him. But he definitely still took some liberties, which we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, so directed and starred by Kenneth Branagh because he likes Always to love do those. that. He's got a little bit. Of, I, think, I think there's a little bit of an ego on him where a lot of the times when he directs a film. He also stars somehow in it. a lead in that film. <laughs> and I'm like, how does one do that? But OK. Um, if you want something done, done right, by, you got to do it yourself. Yeah, I guess so. Because Hamlet, he directed and starred in his own version of Hamlet. He, Much do about nothing. I don't think he directed that one, though. I he thought was he was in involved it. in something. Maybe he was like one of the. He uh, directed like, Cinderella, but he didn't star in Cinderella. The so there you go. That Disney did. He doesn't always star in the ones that he directs, but frequently he does. <laughs> All right, so the screenplay was done by Michael Green. The music was done by Patrick Doyle. It's a very common name, well-known name in the music world and mm -hmm. uh, movies. And casting was done by Lucy Bevan. Very straightforward, cut and dry. And I think for the most part, you can see the success in that where they didn't overcomplicate things They don't have too five much. writers. <laughs> they don't, right? Like. We've seen that and we've seen how it doesn't tend to go that great. Um, it just, you know, keep it simple. Give somebody a task. Don't put too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Yep. But for those of you who are not as familiar with Murder on the Orient Express or who have not read, you've read the book but haven't seen the movie or you've seen the movie and you haven't read the book and you don't care and you're listening to this anyway. Here's my summary. Again, reminder also, this podcast is not spoiler free. So definitely not. If you don't want to know Minisodes about the are. ending. Minisodes, minisodes are always spoiler we keep free. spoiler free. Main episodes are not. So if you don't want to know how this ends, stop listening because it is a mystery novel. If yeah. You don't want to know the ending to the mystery yet. Stop. But basically, the story of Murder on the Orient Express, it is it is a book about one of Agatha Christie's most it's probably her most well-known detective. She's got a couple that she writes about, but Hercule Poirot is his name in French. It's not Hercules. It's Hercule. <laughs> it's spelled kind of like Hercules, but it's his name is not Hercules. It's Hercule Poirot. It's Detective Poirot. Um and I think she has like 66 books or some ridiculous number about this guy. Um, but it's one of the novels that he's the main detective in. Right. And it's like a older man, Nancy Drew, where there's just there's a whole series. Basically, there's a whole bunch of books about it. Uh, so he basically gets called. He's 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 traveling in. I don't know. Where, where is he? He's like over by Istanbul. Istanbul. Basically. Constantinople. Constantinople. Yeah. 
he's over in that area. He's traveling. He has just finished up a case and he his original plans was to take a couple days off and just be a tourist, basically. But then he gets a telegram that he's needed back in London for this other case, like right away. So he last minute has to find room on the Orient Express, uh, which is a train that will take three days to get to England, essentially. Um, but it's booked full. But luckily, he's good friends with some guy that works for the railroad company and he gets him on. So practically owns boot. the railroad boot. company. Yeah, practically. He's like the director <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, and so he gets on unplanned last minute passenger. Then another passenger on said train gets murdered. He's this gangster guy. He's not a great person. Not super sad that he gets murdered. However, even when a bad person gets murdered, it's still murder. <laughs> it's cool still motive. crime. Still murder. Still murder, as Jake Peralta would say. And so he's like, okay, well, the train's stuck. We're all stuck here. And this guy's been murdered, which means the murderer is still on the train. And I'm going to find out who it was, basically. Um, it goes through like the very specific 12 other. And this is something that's a little different between the book and the movie, which we'll talk about where versus like it's 12 suspects. And that's all who's on the train versus like 12 suspects and like a couple other people who are on the train, like. There's some finagling with the characters, which we're going to talk about, but yep. he, he, you know, interviews all of them and investigates everybody and basically figures out that they're all connected through a very specific crime that happened years ago with the arm, excuse me, with an, with the Armstrong family and like a kidnapping which was like very reminiscent to me. I just listened to, <laughs> again, oh, it's crime. based on a real case. Yeah, the Lindbergh baby, I think. Yeah, yeah right? it's based okay. on that. Because I just listened to, I just re-listened to an episode of My Favorite Murder where they covered the Lindbergh baby. Yeah. And so then I was like, when I was like reading this and like, what, I was just like, wait, this is like the Lindbergh baby kidnapping, isn't it? Like, um, so yeah, very similar, very reminiscent to a real life kidnapping mystery case that happened in real life. Um and essentially, this is the big spoiler part, but it's really cool the way she weaves it all together. So good. Is that everybody killed them. Him, not them. Killed him. They were the, all in on it together. It was all planned. The only thing that wasn't planned was this last minute addition of an actual freaking detective. Getting what are the, the odds? <laughs> um, and there's some I mean of course the the ending's famous the ending is amazing so they didn't make really drastic changes to the actual mystery resolution Thank but we are goodness. going to I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about how they go about it differently yeah. um but that's essentially the story it's fun it's interesting but like I said, uh, our good old good old friend Kenneth still took some liberties and, and it's not a perfect adaptation, which we will now get into. So uh, I went first when we talked about House Moving Castle. Our last episode, there wasn't enough differences for us to follow our normal method. So nobody really went first when we covered the witches in our last episode. So we're now going based off of our Howl's Moving Castle episode, which was a couple episodes ago. So Taylor is going to go first today. Yeah, my number three grievance, because um, we are doing the three grievances this time. Um, it's pretty quick, but it's a big change. Um, so in the book, they're on the train. It's snowy. They essentially get snowed in and they get stuck in mm -hmm. the snow. Um, and so they're all stuck on the train. And that's where everything happens between the dining car and the car with all the rooms in first class and second class. 
like those three cars are essentially where all the action happens. The whole book takes place there. And I guess the movie, they didn't like that. <laughs> so the, and maybe they just wanted to make it more intense, but they have like essentially like an avalanche crash into the train car and almost plunge them all to their deaths and they're like hanging on the edge they're of like on cliff. a bridge yeah it yeah. was it was dumb <laughs> sorry i didn't like it i thought it was a, a dumb change this is a big grievance for me because i actually love the idea of them being stuck in this train because it does it makes it very much like the murderer has to be on the train because mm -hmm. There's no way they could have gotten in or out. They would have left tracks in the snow. Like, they have to be in this train. And I felt like with the movie, the way that they did it, it was like, they were outside. They were like, I'm like, anything could have happened in that time. Yeah. I don't, I'm obviously, they're I mean, kind of in the middle of nowhere. They're still in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and but it's if they're, freezing. But, but there's like the question of like, oh, is there someone like, that got on and they're hiding. And if that was the case, it's possible they could have just like been hiding anywhere in the woods or in that cave or it yeah. kind of like just makes it less plausible in Perot's like reasoning. And I don't know, I like a good like shoebox story. Where Claustrophobic. <laughs> It's not, I mean, I, I have claustrophobia, but like as I read the book, I just felt like it kept things simple so mm -hmm. I could focus on the mystery. I could focus right. and the on people. the people. I the wasn't distracted didn't need by to the be setting. complicated. No, yeah. I knew train car. I knew the booth like the you know, I knew they each had their beds and then there was the dining car. Boom. OK, now I can ignore that. Focus on the nitty gritty details of everything. And I could have that pictured in my head as they were talking about this person went here and then they went here and then they did this. And I'm like, OK, and I only have to think about those three train cars. Yeah. So. I understand that they probably wanted some more variety in filming and they didn't want, you know, everyone crammed into the train cars the whole time. But I just I think they I probably like did it. just want, yeah, some variety in the backdrop of where he did yeah. all the interviews because like some of them are done outside yeah you know in this cold snow and, and some of them the, are done in the dining car the and ending, some of them are done in like their cabins like the ending reveal is in that like tunnel in the cave tunnel thing tunnel, yeah. yeah which is very dramatic but i don't know i didn't love the change personally but that was a very big difference that i noticed right off the bat you know yeah. Um, so that's my number three grievance. Um, my number three isn't a grievance necessarily. Um, if anything, I'd say it's an anti-grievance. But um, I mean, you have to again. First of all, I will say. In the original book written in 1934. She did. Agatha Christie did include some diverse characters, right? It mm -hmm. wasn't a cast of all white Englishmen no. <laughs> or French and Frenchmen, right? It was um, mainly white, though. But it was still <laughs> mainly white people. Um, like Swedish and German. It was and, and Italian, <laughs> like just basically different types of European white people. Yeah. And like one Indian guy. Woo. Yay, there's an Indian guy. <laughs> Diversity. Um, so something that I did like that I think um, Brana still kept it plausible for the story. It wasn't like super far fetched with the characters that he had on the train. Um, but like certain characters, certain suspects, right? While still following that classic, like, murder mystery, like, clue-esque kind of thing where you've got, like, the professor, the the doctor, the governess, right? Where it's like they each have their very specific their role, role and, like, title that you can call them. Um, 
they, you know, made one of them, one of them instead of Italian, he's Cuban. And instead of being Swedish, um, Swedish, um, who Penelope Cruz, like, so she's from a Spanish speaking country, right? Yeah. I'm like, I just know it's Penelope Cruz. Where does, where does they say she's from? I don't know, but her name becomes Pilar, right? So that's clearly not from like an English speaking country. I mean, she is Spanish, so Mm -hmm. I would assume Um, Spain. They've got Leslie Odom Jr.'s character in there, Mm -hmm. which is kind of an amalgamation of characters, but we'll get into that. Fine. We'll get into that. Um, but overall, I really liked the casting. So I think that Lucy Bevan, who was the head casting person, um, she did a very good job. And overall, even with those swap outs, I think the diversification was done well. And I also think it's good. Like, it shouldn't just be a train full of white people. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not what I pictured in my head um, when I read the book. Why? Like, it's still mostly white people. Josh Gad. No, but I just white. mean like the, the people themselves. <laughs> like the only person Michelle I would Pfeiffer. say who, who fits the description of or two. I think that um, Kenneth Bronick actually makes a pretty good like I guess you know no, he's not bald. No, I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about it. That's my whole number one. <laughs> I think it's the I think it's the mustache that really sells me on it. Um, it's a good mustache, but then mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley, I think actually fits. Oh no, I think Daisy Ridley did well. I liked. I really liked Daisy Ridley as um, the governess lady. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Her name's leaving me right now. Yeah. Um, again, I think Leslie Odom Jr. Again, in the book, and then again, the movie combines him and some and another character. Yeah, together. so he doesn't look like the guy I pictured he in my head because he's not. I'm not saying he did a bad job. He just doesn't. No, match. but yeah, he doesn't match. Well, no, because in the in the book, he's two he's different white. people, <laughs> and he's white. But well, and Indian. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But like, no, but I'm just saying Daisy Ridley. I think is the only person that matches what I saw in my head when I was reading that I was like, oh, yeah, she's got the short brown hair. She's like very well to do with herself. Mm -hmm. Strong, independent woman. Um, Everyone else. Not what I pictured, but I'm not mad. I think that they all did a great job. I think they all look great. It's just totally different than what I had in my head. Especially. um, You just said her name. The the mom, the annoying mom. Michelle, the the widow. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially her. She does not look at all like what I pictured in my head. So and she's so like kind of well put together and like pretty. (laughs) Like she's like a very beautiful woman. (laughs) And so that was kind of hard for me to get over at first, just because I was like, you're I I have a hard time feeling like you're annoying because you just got like you just have a better physical form. She looked great, but she still I feel like embodied that with she did mannerisms. She did better. It's just when I first saw her, I was like, hmm, but she did a great job. She's a phenomenal actress for sure. Mm hmm. But yeah, that's just I liked the how the movie diversified the cast a little bit more again, mm-hmm. still in Europe on a train, majority going to be white people, white Europeans. But nice it to was get nice, some yeah. div- a little bit more diversity in the in the casting there. So and yeah. I think they all did a really good job. Yeah, for sure. Off of that, um, it kind of goes into my number two, uh, which is kind of like the changing of the clues slash like the little nuanced details were slightly changed, which in most mm-hmm. cases, I'm not picky about tiny nuanced details in movies and books that, you know, like stuff's going to change little things I'm, I can generally get over. The only reason I'm picky here is because this 
whole entire mystery and solving the mystery is based on those little clues and little nuances. Right. And so it's like they are all very important in leading up to the big reveal. Especially if you, like me, want to solve the mystery before they do. Obviously. Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that's the best part when you figure it out and then you find out you were right. Yeah, exactly. So good. Um, so one big thing based, you know, on the change of the characters, and I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just stating a difference. (laughs) Obviously, with the characters being of color, there's the racism of the time brought in. Um, There's the whole thing with them accusing them just because of their skin color, which obviously is terrible. And I'm glad that the movie kind of addressed that. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was kind of an interesting detail, but it is obviously very different than the book. Um, And the idea of like the interracial couple. um. Well, the book still has a little bit of that. Um, Granted, it's. But it's more just Americans hating Brits and Brits hating Americans. Well, but I'm saying like there's there's still like the The suspicion and, and stereotypes of, oh, well, he Italians was killed by knives. a knife, and that's an Italian's weapon. It's like, who <laughs> says a knife is an Italian's weapon? Like, that's a, yeah. where does what where does that stereotype come from? I'm not from the 30s, but apparently, what the Italians where did use that knives? Come from? I guess. Um, yeah, that's and fair. Then they got rid of the Italian character, and instead, were like, okay. Instead, what would be the quick assumption that's based off of nothing but stereotypes yeah the race card yeah like yeah, definitely um but that was just like one that i thought of as we were talking about the cast um another thing with the like note being written in a code and then mm-hmm. he had to like i just thought that that was excessive i like <laughs> that was excessive i, don't know, I just liked the, the simplicity of it being you know, a note, and then you can kind of move on from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, just little nuanced details, which I think has to do a lot with, like, combining of characters, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about in my number one. But, like, it just kind of changed. And, like, especially with the... Oh, what am I thinking of? Hold on, sorry. What are you listen. thinking of? Let me look at my notes really quick. Oh, with um, McQueen stealing money from Ratchet. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen in the book. No. And so I just, I was like, that adds a whole other thing. And I mean, I... I don't know. It's like a different, completely different motive. And yeah. And I didn't like it's that. It's a as completely much. different kind of red herring that they're mm-hmm. just throwing out there. Yeah. And then I like with Mrs. Hubbard getting stabbed. Yeah, like that's unnecessary. I'm like that. I know you're going to talk more about the other, you know, actiony stuff yeah, that they do. That's that stuff. Yeah. That, that's so I won't my number go two more well. into it. Um, but yeah, those those are the kind of details that I like noted down that I was just kind of like, I don't you didn't. It was a really good mystery already. Like, I really <laughs> liked it. So I just didn't think it was necessary to add the changes. But I do understand that this is a popular book. You know, like Ag- Agatha Christie is a very well-known author. A lot of people have read her and books. And this, I think, is her most, most well-known, well-known book. One of the most I well-known, think, I think. for sure. I think this and Death on... The two that Kenneth Branagh turned into movies, Yeah, I think, are two of her biggest novels. And I understand that he probably knew people know this... Like, most people know this story. Most people know How what's going to happen. So yeah. let's at least, you know, add something different so people are more intrigued. That'll surprise him. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm over here like, nah, I'm fine. You could have just left it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's basically, yeah, goes into my number two, which is just. They amped up a lot of this extra action and a lot of uh, 
action scenes and like physical action scenes that I that weren't in the book. No. And weren't necessary to the plot. Right. No. And so my my question and, and, and this is right. This comes from me studying creative writing and English and all these things where it's like if it doesn't help character development and it doesn't help move the plot along, why are you including it? <laughs> um, and so you kind of, you, you listed one, one of my um, examples was why was Mrs. Hubbard stabbed? Yeah. It's dramatic, but she it doesn't, doesn't she add doesn't anything like to the plot. Die. She like is fine. Well, and it just it doesn't add anything to the plot. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in that regards. I mean, I guess it's um, supposed to like throw suspicion off of her because she gets stabbed. What's with the chase on the rickety bridge? Oh, I hate that. I hated that scene. Like, what? Why does it? It's it's like this huge sequence where you know. Poirot is like chasing McQueen on and it's like suspenseful and, and sketchy. But it's like, again, what is that doing to the plot? What did, where did that come from with the information given to us? Yeah. Um, what's his face in the in the, in the seat? Because in the book, it's Colonel Arbuthnot. Mm-hmm. But in the book, he's Dr. Doctor. Arbuthnot. In the movie, he's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, so, and in the book, the Doctor's a completely separate character, so... Yeah, we're going to talk about that. So, in the movie, he, like, pulls a gun on him? Yeah, there's no guns. (laughs) There's no guns. The only gun you ever see in the book is, like, the one that the gangster had under his pillow. And never used. But like he was like, I don't much I travel in safety. I'm all about traveling and safety. And it's not like I can't take care of myself. And he like hints when he's having that initial conversation, when he's yeah. trying to basically get Poirot to figure out who's trying to kill him because he does know he's someone's, got suspicions. Yeah. Before he's killed that someone wants him dead. But it's not just someone. It's someone's. There's many yes. people. But um, like in the movie, they have the him. Cassetti like threatened Perot with a gun to be like try to get him to do it for him, and I'm like, what? yeah, no, yeah, it's it's just different, and and then the gun at the we, end. We talk about this a oh. lot, though. We talk about this that. a lot when we talk about movie adaptations of books, where they do this, right? Because even know. like you mentioned in your number three, in the book. They just get snowed in. Yeah. In the movie, it's this huge, like, derailment, big thing. Like, it's over-dramatized, dram- right? <laughs> it's it's kind of done up a little bit more than it needs to be. Yeah. But you are watching it on a screen instead of reading it in your home. So who knows what kind of uh, decisions need to go into that. And well, and I think they're also trying to they're looking at. They're, yeah, they're to trying to pull decisions. in a wider audience. Yeah. Like not just not people. Not just people who have read the book. <laughs> or just people who like a good murder mystery. Some people want a little more action. And I get that. I yeah. just, I liked it as it was before they added I, again, all that. Again, it's. What is it doing to help the story? Or is it just yeah. taking up time? Just unnecessary up time. screen time. So. That was my number two. Fair enough. Um, honorable mention. Honorable mention that I have is the movie starts right with them getting I, yeah. onto the Orient Express. No, you mean the book. the book. Huh? The, no. the movie starts with him like in... Israel solving some other case. Oh, no, I guess that's true. But but it doesn't show the same progression that the book does of he gets on one train, gets off that train, stays in this no, hotel, he gets on does a this boat. other thing, gets on this other thing. It's different. It's not the same is what I'm saying. Like, it's not the same. But what you're saying of the movie is not right. The beginning of the movie but, is dumb and I want to talk about it, but it's dumb for a different reason. Well, but it's done because it's if they could have just followed the book 
because I think they were trying to introduce like, hey, before he ever gets on the train, he already meets this governess is what they're trying to do. Well, the and they try to introduce him as this like suave detective. But they do. Yeah, that that we're going to talk about, too. But but it's like in the in the book, he's he this the Orient Express isn't the first train he gets on. No. Yeah. He gets on this other train and then he's he goes to this hotel and then he stays at this hotel and well, he doesn't he, like, stay doing, at the hotel. He eats he at, the hotel, at the hotel well, and then yeah, but he immediately and then has, he to leave. has to leave. But he gets to the hotel and has plans to stay there for like. Yeah, a that's where he gets the telegraph recalling him to England that then gets mm-hmm. him onto the Orient Express. And then when he gets on the Orient Express, he's like, oh, wait a minute. I was on another train with some of these people. Yeah. Because Arbuthnot and the governess were on that other train he was on and he had some small interactions with them. Not like the interaction he has with Daisy Ridley in the movie. Yeah, in the she beginning. doesn't know who he is. Well, she's like, oh, I recognize that mustache anywhere. Like, no, she thinks he looks silly and doesn't want to take him seriously in the book. That's the, what you get. Which is part of his whole character. But yeah, again, I'm going to get into that. But I and I think it's important because you also don't see her totally freaking out about the train being a little late and being like Mm -hmm. i can't miss the connection i need to get on my next train but then when they're stopped a a clue for you know again it's that foreshadowing because then when they're stopped on the orient express she's not freaking out and he's like why did you care so much about getting on this train Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i didn't like the beginning very much you care like so much changes. about keeping a schedule before. Why do you not care about? Why do you a not care now? anymore? <laughs> but there's m- more foreshadowing. Yeah. Done more discreetly, I'd say. Yeah. In in that, yeah. But I just think it really it does a good job at throwing suspicion on those characters from the get go. And then as you keep going, you're like, oh, wait, but now there's suspicion on this person and on this person. Mm-hmm. And you slowly put it together. Everyone is suspicious. Oh, they're all in reason. it together. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just uh, Agatha Christie is. A, she just she, was it's, so good. It's so it's hard. Like, so good. Not not anybody can write. about. I could never like. No, she does such a good job. Oh. Especially with, again, so many characters, and it, which, again, um, can get confusing and still did get a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, That's it's hard to keep track of 12 people. It's, it's, it's a little bit easier to keep track of when you can see them on the movie yes. than trying to keep track of it all in your head while reading. Especially but. when they're all foreign names and I'm like, yeah. uh. And especially when it's like French and Belgian. I'm like, yeah. Listen, yeah, I give me Spanish names any day of the week, but you give me French and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, I will say the dogs are a fun little addition. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're very cute. I not necessary, but, you know, fun, but fun. Um, other than that, Good old Dame Judy Dench. Yes, she's great. I'm trying to think if I had any others. I think a lot of them are going to fall under my number one. They just fall under one of our main points. Yeah. yeah. So we'll just dive <laughs> right in. Um, we're yeah, we're coming up on an hour anyway. So we want to get yeah, into it. Keep going. Um, so my number one is pretty much everything except for what Kaylee's going to talk about in her number one. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about all the side characters and the changes that they made. Um Mainly, (laughs) mainly with uh, there's two main points I want to touch on. One, they combined two characters. We kind of already talked about this, but uh, they combined the doctor who is just he's not involved in the crime at all. He's just a doctor on the train Mm -hmm. who examines the body and he's just like there with (laughs) Perot pretty much through the entire case. In every interview, he's always there because he's the doctor and he can talk about, you know, time of death and the stab wounds and all that. And then at the end, after Book, like, makes the decision, the doctor's like, yeah, that's a good decision. So he's not a crucial character, 
But my biggest issue with combining him with the Colonel, well, two issues. One, the Colonel is involved in the crime. And so having him as the doctor is kind of like, it adds another layer because if you can't trust the doctor, mm -hmm. like how is anything that's being said, like how can you believe any of it? Yeah. Whereas in the book, Ooh. he's the doctor's not a suspect at all. And so you just say, okay, he says this, he said that, great. We can take that and move on. Well, and I feel like what they what they try to do kind of in the movie is they don't even still they don't fully replace. Yeah, there's in the movie. There really is no innocent bystander, like truly innocent bystander. They, I mean, there's they kind there's of book. have book where he and, and he continues to do that through Death on the Nile, too, where he's yeah. just like. He's the there. buddy. He's he's, <laughs> he's there. He's there. So like Death of the Nile, he's more involved. Witness. Spoilers. We'll get into it yeah. next time. Um But they kind of do that with Book, but they also change his character a lot. I'm gonna talk about that <laughs> next. But yeah, they kind of just eliminated and I understand why. Like he's not a super crucial character. Let's reduce just how many characters you have to keep track of, right? Yeah, like, I understand, but it was just mm -hmm. hard because it did kind of undermine the authority of, like, any of the medical opinions. <laughs> um, especially when you already know the story and you're like, what? But he's involved. Like, don't listen to anything he has to say. He could be lying. Mm hmm. So that's a little tricky. Um... So that's my first big point on this one. And then my second is obviously book, 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 um, is supposed to be like an older gentleman who elderly. Yeah. Who like he's is the director. He's specifically described as, as an elderly, elderly man, man. Like. who's like the director. And what's funny is I watched the movie before I read the book um, because I didn't want to totally hate the movie. And I've also seen Death of mm -hmm. the Nile. Um, and so I was like trying to figure it out. And I was like, is like is the Death on the Nile book like his son or like his his nephew no, or his the, grandson? Yeah, the, the, the but no, they just makes him totally changed him. I think, right? Isn't it that the yeah, movie makes him a nephew? Yeah. So he's of the original friend. original friend who yeah. was like the director of the train line and could pull all the strings. And so instead, he's like this suave young bachelor with all who this still has money connections with the train because of his, his uncle. Uncle. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I actually love the actor and I think he does a phenomenal job. I actually oh, really definitely. like the character. Like I but think it's he's very fun. But it mm -hmm. is so different that when you go from reading the book to the movie that you're like, what? <laughs> Who is this person? Yeah. What are you <laughs> saying? But I do really like him as a character and we'll get more into his character in Death of the Nile because he's a lot Nile. more involved yeah. in that one. Um so I won't talk too much about it, but that was a very big change. Other than that, um, obviously, we already talked about like changing uh, ethnicities. And with that, they totally changed the mm -hmm. Swedish woman's character because she's supposed to be kind of a slightly senile, like older woman who. And instead, she's a cube. No, no, no. She's Spanish. No, Spanish. I don't know. She's Spanish speaking. We don't know that she's from Spain. Did they specifically say she's from Spain? She no, definitely doesn't the speak Spanish actress, with a The actress is from Spain. So I'm okay. saying that. Um, and so obviously her character is very different. Um, mm -hmm. Which appropriately. And she's young. Appropriately, it should be. And she was a missionary. That is still the same. Like the character trait of the but, missionary. But, it, but is she's the, same. the young. But she's like this young. But she's the young missionary. like teacher mm -hmm. and it's a little different. Um, 
And it's Penelope so, Cruz, so she's really pretty. Yeah, she's <laughs> gorgeous. Um, they made the valet older in the movie. He's like this old guy. Well, yeah, because you needed an old person now because you made everybody else young. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in the book, he's like much, much younger. Um, so, yeah, they just they they can't made, all be young. <laughs> they made some changes there, um, which it's like, yes, that makes sense. I like because you made this change, you needed to make this change and you needed. To, mm-hmm. But it is very different. The cast, again, phenomenal. Love them. But it's not the book. And that's just that. I thought that was a good number one for me. I am not as passionate about this all being bad as I am about the stupid train crash. But Mm. it is a bigger bigger change. change. So that's why it's my number one. And then we'll go into yours, which is the biggest change. Yeah. So my number one is specifically about the differences between Hercule Poirot. Poirot, Poirot I, I can't say his name every time I say it. Mm-mm. I say it differently. Sorry. Again, French is not my language. It's a tough um, name. But it's he's so different across the movie in the book. So... The one thing that they do get right that I did appreciate was his laughably large mustache. Because that is how Agatha Christie describes his mustache in the book is as enormous. And actually, it's so enormous that she doesn't even refer to it as a mustache. She frequently refers to it as mustaches. That he has to keep his mustaches out of his soup and out of his food and stuff like that. It's he's just it's so freakishly large, his mustache. Um, And they did keep that. However. Kenneth Branagh doesn't look like him otherwise. He's or really act like him because act like especially I think that he's about this right age maybe a little young but age isn't the relevance thing here it's the fact that hercules is supposed to be short that's true and bald and bald and egghead as he's described and and round he's short and round he's kind of a funny looking no hair on his head (laughs) and a freakishly large mustache right like if anything i think of like monopoly man a little bit when i think of (laughs) what he looks like in the book (laughs) and then on top of that he uses his weird looking stature and looks essentially and his over-the-top accent to basically underplay his and and downplay his intelligence yeah and his observation skills because He'll be somewhere and people will like notice that he's there, but then be like, well, that's a weird looking dude. And then just like keep going on with their business, basically, which is why he can overhear the conversations he overhears Mm -hmm. initially on that first train that we don't see in the movie um, between. Oh, that's on the platform. Well, but it's the platform of the first train. Yeah. In between, uh, at like a stop, and then yeah. they get back on that first train. Mm-hmm. But it's, but then they also he also overhears conversations of them on the train and different yeah. things where at they the just dining car. They don't even they think write about it, yeah, because he's silly, right? And and he's eccentric, and they're just like, well, and even when he's who cares about this short, silly-looking little when Belgian he's doing guy. the interviews, they're calmly like, "Who are you? Like, why are you what?" Mm-hmm. And then he'll purposely, yeah, like laugh or do a funny thing to try to like put the people at ease so that they're more likely to let something slip or more likely to reveal something because they don't take him as seriously. It's very clever. Again, yeah. Agatha Christie knows what she's doing. Yeah. He he also loves solving crimes. In the yes. Book. It's fun. That's that's what it's fun. And that's why he does it. And he's not really given like some tragic backstory in the book. No. Whereas in the movie, 
you get almost this like not dread. What's the what what's a better word for it? But just like he he's, he's like over it tired. Almost. Yeah. He's, he's tired. He's like weary of mm-hmm. of crime solving, essentially, in the book. I mean, he's like, book, oh, I've been burdened with this gift of being so the, good at solving crimes. Yeah, and and he's he has to be persuaded to even yeah, investigate Yeah, to be like, please, you've got to do it. And like, beg and, him. And then when they do figure out the, when he does figure out the ending, in the book, he's much more... Excited. Empathetic. Oh. I was like, he was excited to, to figure it out. <laughs> well, he was excited to, to, like, solve it. But then it's, he's much more empathetic. Yeah. To the 12 or 13. It's in the book, it's 13 because then the, it, there's more characters in the book, right? Um, yeah, there's the uh, the train conductor. Because the conductor ends up being in on it and all Which these different things, right? Which makes so much sense. It seems like that's a crucial part of it. Yeah, because, yeah. How else um, would you pull this whole thing off? Anyway. And so in the... Again, the, the ending itself is the same. Like the outcome yeah. itself is the same. The book and movie. attitude, but the, and the attitude way they do it is different. With the because stupid gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so in the I don't I don't get it. So yeah, in the book, Poirot is he like suggests his two things. Like here's what could have happened. Here's my An two theories. Could have snuck on board, and then vanished. Or what actually happened, right, is that all of you did it. But then he's more, like, sympathetic towards them and why they did it and, you know, how it's reminiscent of, like... Because, yeah, Cassetti is a really bad guy. Yeah, because he he was a gangster who did a lot of bad things. Yeah. And... He still, as a detective, doesn't make the decision... He still passes the decision along to to Book to be like, okay, you decide which theory we're going to present to the police. And Book chooses the incorrect theory about the assassin. And Poirot is like, okay, cool. Then the case is closed. <laughs> like, And like, that's very humble of him because it's especially Book Poirot loves like, Solving crime. Right. And And he loves being right. right, And he loves like giving solutions and like telling people this is what happened. And so he kind of has to swallow his pride and, you know, be that sympathetic person and be like, I understand why you did this. So I'm not going to, you know, Mm -hmm. be prideful and be right. I'm going to let us go with this theory. Whereas in the movie, He's just much more harsh about it. And yeah, yeah, they introduce this again, unnecessary amped up action where he like puts a gun on the table and it's like, okay, cool. Well, you all committed murder once. Now you have to be willing to commit murder again and kill me to keep it like and it's and then over the top. Who is it? The lady, the mom lady, (laughs) Michelle Pfeiffer. uh huh. The widow shoots, is goes her. to kill herself, but then it turns out it was empty, and so that's when it was he's unloaded. like, "Oh, okay. If you're like not willing to kill me, and you'd rather kill yourself, then I guess we cannot tell them." Then fine, I'll present the assassin theory, and yeah, um, I can learn this to is live stupid. with it. Stupid! You're all terrible people. Yeah, it's... which like, don't get me wrong. Like we said, still murder, not great. But it's like jailhouse justice, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Again, I'm a true crime person. I listen to a lot of podcasts and know a lot about a lot of different crime stories and things. And certain guys, certain things happen. And I'm just like, cool. Yeah. He didn't get the death penalty, but I sure hope someone in prison kills him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He'll get what's coming to him. (laughs) <laughs> like jailhouse justice exists and sorry about it. Like eye for an eye. I'm not going to feel bad if somebody in prison kills you. Like, you know, like, mm, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
So, so yeah, I definitely think that not everybody would agree, but like that's my opinion on it. So, but I think that this whole idea and this of, gangster had a lot of power and a lot of money, and justice probably wouldn't have ever gotten to him in any not other in this, way. Not in this life, no. So I don't know, right? Like, um, yeah, I didn't. Definitely I probably didn't like that. also would have looked the other way. <laughs> and then, like we mentioned, with the whole stupid chase and everything and then he like uses his cane mm-hmm. to beat people up like they turn him into this like <laughs> action star action hero which he it's is like totally not that is not he is what he all is. brain no brawn like <laughs> ah. yeah it's it's tough i love kenneth brown so much and and it and in and in a in its own right still a really cool character yes but so not but Agatha not Christie's the book's character detective. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because I listened to the audiobook for this book because I've been busy. I haven't had time to sit down and read. So I listened to the audiobook yeah. and I picked there were two versions and I listened to the samples and I picked the one that was narrated by Kenneth Browning because it was very well produced. Like the sound mm-hmm. was a little bit crisper. He does a phenomenal job. Beautifully read. The voices are so well done. It's so easy to keep track of the characters because his voices are so distinct. And mm-hmm. like, he does such a good I job. I just read the book. So it was still difficult for, I had to like go back and be like, now who was this person? Yeah, again? who is this? Who is this? <laughs> so he does a great job with the audiobook, which is so funny because I'm like, you've read this book. You know exactly what it is. Well, I think... Despite the differences, it is still obvious. Like, I think he does know. At the heart the, of it, the, it is the, the same mystery. At the heart yes. of it, he he knows the story and I think he knows the character. But I think, again, he also knows the character that he can play. Yeah. And he could not have play. acted the book Hercule. Like, he couldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. That's not him. <laughs> Yeah, and he yeah. really wanted himself to be in it, I guess. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I have some questions that will never get answers, but it's definitely, and it's hard. It's still a really good movie, and if you've never mm-hmm. read the book and never plan on reading the book, at least watch the movie, because it's a great mystery, which even we've if now you spoiled. Have read the bu- even <laughs> if you have read the book, I think you would still enjoy the movie. Yeah, I did. just don't compare it like we're doing <laughs> Because then you start getting a little, like, upset. But it's still a really good movie. It's still a good movie. And I think most, all movies, no no movie's perfect. No anything no. is without any criticism. There's a few that are close, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you can still really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, if you haven't watched it, I would. Yeah. Um, I think the only fan faux pas we got is actually from our mom. Who was very passionate. Who about Agatha, Agatha Christie. She loves yeah. Agatha Christie. Which, I mean, um, I get it. This is my first Agatha Christie book that I've ever read, by the way. Um, and I get it. It was real good. <laughs> so what she said, this is from our mother, yep. Peggy. If we give names for everybody else, so we're going to give a name to our mom. She said the biggest alteration between the book and Brana's movie is to Dr. Arbuthnot, who is actually a composite of two characters from the book. The English colonel, a suspect, and Dr. Constantine, a passenger, uses his medical knowledge (laughs) to aid Poirot in his investigation. I don't mind the combining of the two. I also never thought of the former actress as being this knockout beauty still, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. And I love the huge mustache because in the books, Agatha really elaborates on how ridiculously enormous it is. Also, though, Poirot is small, comical-like character in the books, and Brana is definitely not that. He uses his size and looks in the book to mislead people into thinking he is oblivious to the facts, etc. Um, she says, I'm a huge Christie fan, but Poirot is not my favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, Yeah, I definitely. And then she also um, recommends Agatha Christie book. 
to read instead. <laughs> um, but she also, like, mentioned... The book oh, was the, better, but the, still enjoyed the visuals of the movie. <laughs> um, she points out, and this is something we didn't fully talk about, with Cassetti getting um, tried uh, for the murder, whereas in the film, he escapes the legal system altogether. Which, oh, yeah, I do agree that kind of sets up this precedent in the book. You're like, oh, he was tried and he used his connections to get away. So the legal system is like he's untouchable. So they had to take this into their own hands. Whereas in yeah, the which book, is kind of what I said anyway. I mean, in the movie, <laughs> in the movie, you're like, why didn't they just, you know, take him and turn him into the cops mm-hmm. so he could face justice? Like, I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Um, other than that, the, the other um, main detective that Agatha Christie writes about is actually a female detective named Miss Marple. Mm-hmm. So she has a lot of books surrounding Hercule, Hercule Poirot, and then her other one is Miss Marple. So, <laughs> but yeah, what's... Uh, I think that we just have to answer our question now, Mm -hmm. which is, was the book better? Yes, definitely. 100%. I didn't think I would feel so passionately about it until I read the book. And then I was like, yeah, this is so much better. Yeah, I would agree that the book's still better. Um, It's. and, And yeah, it's something where it's like Agatha Christie is an author name that I feel like everybody knows. Mm hmm. I don't think everybody's actually read her and i think it's it's worth doing there's definitely some uh, some small things that you have to get around when you're reading because there's some just general like grammar and just like publishing best practices i would guess i would say that has changed since she was published um and that especially with the number of characters like they don't indent to a new paragraph every time a new person's talking and she doesn't always specify who's talking and so there'll be multiple people talking in the same paragraph and it can get kind of confusing sometimes well yeah that's Um, why i would definitely recommend if you have a hard time keeping track of a lot of characters the audiobooks are a great option uh because the difference in voices kind of helps you keep track of that a little bit easier but she is a very good author and yeah again the the little nuance details and the way she weaves together these clues it's really it's really makes for a really exciting read so i recommend it but next time we'll talk about death on the nile which is Another Hercule Poirot book by Agatha Christie, and it is the other one that Kenneth Branagh has made into a movie. And it's yep. insinuated, I believe, at the end of this movie that there's so, going to be more that there's well, that he has to go to Egypt for something. Yes. Yeah. He and you're makes like, mention. Ah, death on the Nile. So. Um, so we'll do that next, but that'll come out in two weeks. Yep. Um, next week's mini-sode will be a gratitude episode mini-sode. And then um, Persuasion with We Ship It is coming as well. Like we mentioned. So. But I believe that covers it. Yeah. Yeah. So without, with, with that, we just hope that you all have a great week. And don't forget to read. <laughs>